recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Renee Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's get it on. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Martial Culture Podcast. Um, if you thought Matt's voice just got a whole lot sexier, it's true. Um, actually, just kidding. It's his wife, Brianna. I'm filling in for Matt today. <laughs> Hi, Brianna. It's great to share the, the mic with you. Thank you. Brianna is Matt's a better half, who is completely amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're really excited. We have an amazing guest to talk to today. So I'm just here to listen and learn. Well, I met this wonderful, wonderful fighter and champion many years ago uh, at a Muay Thai school here in, in New York. And uh, I knew from that moment I saw her and I even said, I said, you could be a great fighter someday. Um, her name's Tina Pettigrew, and she's about to make her Invicta after an undefeated uh, MMA career. She's about to make her Invicta fight debut. Um, Tina, I'm so happy to have you on and I'm so, so proud of you. I always, always adored you. You're amazing. You're fantastic. And I'm your number one fan. And I just want the fans to know about you too. So tell us about yourself and how you got into fighting and, and uh, anything else you want to say about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you so much for that kind introduction, Renee. Um, All true. So <laughs> my, I guess by uh, my own introduction, my name is Tina Pettigrew. I am an MMA fighter. Before this, I worked full-time as director of communications at a professional women's networking organization. So right now, I well, when I was amateur, I was went 5-0 and amateur. I was California state champion out here. And then I just recently made my pro debut with Combate Americas back in December 2019. And so right now I'm 1-0, and I just signed a four-fight contract with Invicta. So I will be fighting on February 7th for Invicta, which is this Friday. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Honestly, I remember when I was taking your class back in New York, Renee, and I remember there was one day, like, we can talk about the whole, like, evolution of my, how I fit martial arts into my life and it ended up became, becoming such a big part of it. But, like, when I took your classes, that was just the very beginning of me really starting to comprehend how martial arts was going to be such a big part of my life. And that's such a unique experience to have. I remember one day we were shaking hands, like dismissing class. And you told me something like, man or woman, you're one of the hardest workers in this gym. And I remember being so flattered by that because like if there's a compliment that someone's going to give you, like to me, that holds one of the highest values of any sort of compliment like that. You know, <laughs> I, like, oh, I actually remember that day and I remember the, the hard work you put in that mat. And I just I was like, that is awesome. And I was honored to be a very, very small part of your martial journey. Uh, and um, and you, from the day you stepped on the mats uh, 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 training with me. I've never had anything but 1,000% respect for you. You are a fighter and um, just just unbelievably nice person and great, you know, more important than being a fighter, you're a great martial artist and with all the things that I think that comes about. But how did, yeah, how did you come from, I know you started in gymnastics, so you had that background mm -hmm. of competition, competitive yep. gymnastics, um, but how did you 
see martial arts as being part of your life? How did how did that come out? How did you walk into evolution? I actually don't know that. You know, how did you walk into the to, to that academy and start training? Or, you know, what 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 got you on this path? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's like, let's. I started gymnastics when I was really young, and I got super competitive really fast because. Um, you know, gymnastics became really natural to me and I, uh, progressed really quickly. turns out I'm a very competitive person. So I fit nicely into the whole competition schedule and things like that. But when I left gymnastics, I kind of like, I felt like I lost a part of myself. I went through high school, middle school, some of middle school, high school and college, not really being that athletic. Well, I shouldn't say that in high school, I was very competitive and high school sports, but nothing like the way I was with gymnastics. Like it literally, I was consumed by it. I loved it so much. It, I thought about it all the time. Uh, people would ask me how I got so good. And I would say, I don't know, like I'm here all the time would be my answer. Like, <laughs> like I practice, practice was my answer. Um, but it, pra- practicing even at a really young age, didn't feel like work to me because I just loved it so much. It felt like I was exploring something. I was figuring something out. It kept me engaged, you know, but, uh, since I left gymnastics, I was sort of in that respect of my life, you know, the competition aspect, the whole being athletic, um, you know, and being active, I, I lost, I felt like I lost that part of myself for a period because I was so focused on going to college and getting good grades and then, you know, going into the workforce and getting a good job and paying off my student loans, all that stuff that happens when you grow up. And uh, one thing led to another, after I graduated with my master's from NYU, I was working at a nonprofit that was a good place. Like it was a good job, but I was just depressed. You know, I wasn't happy with my life and I was over blaming other people for that. You know, like I was an adult at this point, I was in my twenties. I was like, okay, Tina, you have to figure this out. This is not like, you know, it doesn't matter what happened to you when you were younger circumstances, all that stuff, throw that out the window. It's like, those are all excuses. Like you're unhappy because of you. So I had to sit back and be like, okay, what sort of changes can I enable myself to make um, that will help me start to feel more like myself and less sort of lost? You know, I was, you know, needless to say, kind of out of shape, stress, letting myself get stressed out and stuff. And uh, so what happened was over Christmas break, I went to Pennsylvania to visit my family and we all watched the UFC fights. It was Brock Lesnar versus Alistair Overing. I remember and that fight. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. And they panned out to the audience. And when they did that, they interviewed um, someone who was sitting in the audience, a woman with a short, um, like, um, bob hairdo. She had, um, like, a cute little cap on and a leather jacket. And they're, like, asking her who she has in the fight. She's like, well, I'm a striker, so I got ovarian, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, what's going on with her? upcoming movie and stuff. And I was like, who is this chick? <laughs> she's beautiful. She's articulate. And she's a fighter. Like, this is not the type of woman that at the time, you know, back then, I really was like, that's what a fighter is like? No way. Someone kind of like me, you know? And uh, I looked her up. Her name is Gina Carano. And when I looked her up, I got really into her fights. I used to take the bus instead of the train just so I could watch her fights on YouTube on my phone. Um, Cause you know, you have service above ground. Well, at that point. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and, uh, 
And I got really into it, and I was like, you know, I should try something like this. I feel like I would really like it, especially given my gymnastics background. So I did some research. I basically, like, did a Google search, and I looked at the different places in the area. And there were a handful that I wanted to try. So I signed up for the free trial, but this is what happened. I went in for the free trial at Evolution, and I just didn't go anywhere else because I liked it so much. So I was like, you know, I think I could get really into this. And so that's how I ended up walking through the doors of Evolution. I just needed a change, you know. And uh, I just took to it really fast, I think. It was like the beginning of me starting to feel more like myself. You know what I mean? Wonderful. Now, you know, it's um, people talk about the martial arts as, as a catalyst for, for, for positive growth. And I think mm. anytime you challenge yourself, uh, you, you grow in ways that, that allow you to be, to be more in tune with your personal bliss. And um, I, I've personally found that, and uh, but I can't say for everybody else. But but that's that was my personal journey, and I think it's it sounds similar. Like you're in, in the same place. I know you moved to California, and uh, you're you're training out of a number of different academies now. Um, mm-hmm. How did how did that jump from just training in California to to amateur to pro happen? Uh, well, that's a good question. I would say that pro- was probably the part of my journey so far that's taken the most figuring out. Um, so I landed at Alliance MMA because um, I knew Angie and Adam from at Evolution, right? So they were my connect from, um, you know, my life on the East Coast to my life out here. And I actually, before I moved out here, uh, stayed with them for about a week to see if, like, I wanted to train at Alliance, like if it was a place, the place that I thought it was, you know, yeah. uh, like high-level training, had opportunity for growth for me, um, that type of thing. And if San Diego was a place that I wanted to live. And so after I visited for a little bit, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, so slowly but surely, um, I ended up, you know, making the move and um, – like once I made it to evolution, I was like, okay, how do I fight? <laughs> like, how can I fight? Which, you know, as I'm sure you can imagine, there's a lot of people that sort of walk through the doors there and are like, Hey, I want to fight, you know? Um, so it took some time. I got connected with a coach at Alliance named, uh, Daniel Rhodes. Um, we call him coach day day. He is my since then. And up until right now, um, has been my main coach, uh, that has worked with me from, you know, when I like knew, I don't want to say knew nothing. Cause I definitely knew stuff when I came to Alliance, but I knew way less than I know now. Yeah. And he has, you know, helped me progress in every aspect of my game. Um, you know, just technique wise, um, strength and conditioning wise. I mean, probably without realizing it mindset wise, he's one of those people too, that, um, you know, he's like, if people ask you, don't tell him you're a fighter, tell him you're a martial artist, because he really sees the art in it. And he respects my evolution as an artist and, you know, um, respects that, you know, what that winning fights isn't what it's all about. That's not the end all be all, you know, he respects that I have a journey. And um, yeah, so I started competing amateur under the tutelage of Coach Day Day and some of my um other friends at Alliance who train out at Alliance East and Santee, um, they helped me a lot with my wrestling and grappling because my schedule wasn't really working 
were doing my full-time job. I wasn't able to um, train during the day with a pro team at Alliance at first for a couple, two years, I guess, um, when I was amateur. So um, I had to get in my wrestling and stuff like that elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I worked with the guys out of, at Alliance East. And then uh, my boyfriend and I both uh, work and train out of a gym called Benita Martial Arts Academy, um, which is where Coach Day Day is now. He's no longer uh, working at Alliance. He's working at Benita. And we ended up there uh, through him. Yeah. So are you, are you like, still affiliated with Alliance and doing both academies or are you just switched over to Benita yep. completely? No, no, no. Yeah. I'm with Alliance. Yeah, okay. 100%. Well, so I do train with the Alliance team, pro team now. Oh, um, so I'm working with a lot of the coaches there. So two of the, uh, my two corner men are Coach Dede, who I just mentioned, and then Coach Eric Oresk, who is my, um, the coach that I work with. I know, I know Eric right very now. well. There was a talk that I might fight him way back when, and uh, here in New York, because oh, he's from. Really? New- yeah, we were. We both won uh, an underground tournament, and then there was talk to see if we'd fight each other. But unfortunately, I, I got injured. I broke my arm, and I had to. Oh, I had no. to pull out of that fight. But I have a lot of respect for Eric. He's a great wrestler and also a great striker. But that was the yeah. the fight that here in New York that never happened. And uh, um, oh, how funny! Yeah, it's kind of interesting. But he's a great guy, and um, I, I. One of my regrets is that I didn't fight him because I know he's such a great martial artist and i have nothing but respect for him and i would have loved to test myself against him but great great guy and uh, you're in phenomenal hands with him for sure <laughs> that's a yeah that's a that's a fun fact for me to know that you guys uh, could have fought at some point yeah. but um yeah so i a lot of it is like making my schedule work with the different coaches and academies uh this southern california san diego specifically is saturated with really high level martial arts and um, so there's a lot of really good options, and I feel really fortunate that I landed out here because, um, you know, when, yeah, you can be affiliated with one gym, but it is good to cross-train, too, with people in the area that are also really talented, up-and-coming, killing it, you know. So there's a lot of really great opportunities I here. Think, but, yeah, I think that's I'm out a, of alliance right now. Great, but I think that's especially true for women because the population is a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. The cross-training is really beneficial because while you can get great training in with guys, it's like moving with a woman at your weight class is not the same mm-hmm. as moving with a guy at your weight class. It's not the same. 100%. And, and some, 100%. It's just the bodies, women tend to be a lot more flexible and they can do things with their bodies that guys can't, especially when it comes to jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being able to be in that, I, I went out to uh, San Diego and was training there um, with Barrett Yoshida um, uh, just for a few weeks and with the, some other, with the Rodrigo Medeiros team. And it's just amazing how many, like on every corner, there's Dean Lister's place, then there's uh, Salo mm-hmm. Hibero's place. There's you know, like every corner is filled with so many great martial artists. And uh, it must be it must be a wonderful place to train. Yeah, it is. And fortunately, all of those people that I've connected with over at Victory and 10th Planet, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those other gyms, they're all really uh, gracious, you know, and it's uh, it's a really a positive environment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, especially when you fight amateur, a lot of people are like, Oh, that person's not your size or that person doesn't have as much experience. It's like, you know what, when I get into the cage, th- that might be the case with these people too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's pretty unpredictable. So as many good looks as I can get without getting injured, I, I see it as a good thing. Fantastic. Um, and and do you mind I, I, I uh, asking um, how how do you how do you find yourself when you're in other academies? 
I don't know if you want to answer or not, but like sometimes I know <laughs> some women have some problems going to academy that MMA used to be. Unfortunately, it used to be yeah. very, very male dominated and very the gyms were very misogynistic. I'm l- very mm-hmm. happy to see that's not the case anymore. But yeah. how has it been as a from a woman's perspective in, in MMA going forward um, and dealing with like you know some toxic masculinity, some bro culture, some this. And, yeah. and I, I think when, you, when you're in the pros, it's less because everybody's about pro being a pro and it doesn't matter. But yeah. at the mm-hmm. amateur level, uh, I could see it might be a problem, but I don't want to put words in your, in your mouth. Um, but how, how is that navigating those spaces? No, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, it def- and you absolutely said the correct thing the way I see it. I think that when you get to the higher levels, it's less of a problem because I'm realizing now, whenever I go to cross train, I'm always already connected with the women there in one way or another. Like I reached out to them or I knew them from something else. So I always like have a built-in training partner when I arrive and it, it gives you credibility when you know somebody, you know, in general, when you get there. But yeah, I, are you kidding? At pretty much every gym I've ever walked into martial arts gym, it's kind of like, um, I think the thing that annoys me the most is when I grapple with men, the very first thing they say, especially the white belt, like the younger guys that are like younger to jujitsu or grappling, um, say to me is they're always so surprised that I'm strong. I knew you were going to say that. And then it's like a <laughs> cut too. It's like, Oh, you're strong for a girl. Meaning like your technique kind of sucks sometimes or, you're just diminishing you as a woman too, like as a fighter. Right. I knew you're going to say that, and and actually, like I actually had a talk with guys in my school. I'm like, we will not say that. You don't say when you lose. You don't say to a guy or girl. It's no genderless, but you don't say, oh my god, you're so strong. Just shut up. Yeah. Shake their hand like, and go. You know, nice job. That's it. That's what we say. Right. We, but I I knew you're going to say that. I don't mean to interrupt, but I knew you're going to say that because it bothers me. It's one of my pet peeves is the way people cut each other down, especially when it's like a white belt guy who loses to a girl and he's really insecure about it, which is just. Right. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's like, yeah. Is like, what do you mean by that? Like, are is okay. <laughs> like, I know. Like, what am I supposed to say then too? Right. It's like, I know. Thank you for the role. Or like what I started saying recently is like, well, yeah, I do this all the time. Oh, smart. <laughs> like, like the same thing as like, you know, in gymnastics, how did you get so good practice? It's like, you know, whatever comment you have about my martial arts situation or whatever, like whether it's good or bad, like I'm here all the time and I'm always working on things. That's what I'm doing. And that's what I care about. So thank you or not thank you or whatever you were trying to get out of me (laughs) with that statement. But, you know, um, yeah, it's very different. (laughs) It's very different. If someone says, oh, my God, you get tapped and you go, oh, my God, you're so good. That's amazing. Versus, oh, my God, you're so strong. It's not the same thing. Yeah. It's like it's like a right. cut and I, I absolutely hate that. And I really like in in when I have people that say, When you lose, you lose like this, you shake hands and you say, Good job. When you win, you shake hands right. and you say good job and nothing else is acceptable. That's what you say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and at that moment that you don't like losing, you have to fight your ego. And there's so many guys that have such a problem losing to girls and it's ridiculous yeah. and I hate it. But anyway. So yeah. good, good point on that. Um, and, and, uh, in terms of the, the, the finding fights and stuff, was it more difficult to find a fight because of the uh, population, the female fighter population is a little smaller or did you have not yeah. no problem at all? That's a great question. You know, it's funny. Um, 
before I made my MMA debut, I really had a hard time getting matched. I was trying to get a Muay Thai fight. I would say like from August until from August one year until March the next year, I couldn't get a fight. I couldn't get a Muay Thai fight. I couldn't get an MMA fight. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because nobody knew who I was or, um, people looked into me and they were like, Oh shit, you know, Ooh, sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say, you can say uh, whatever you like, want. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people did look into me and they were like, Oh no, I don't want to fight her. Or if they were just like, ah, I don't know. She's nothing. I don't know why. Uh, but it did take a long time to get matched for my first fight. But after that fight, it wasn't hard to match me. So after I had one fight, they were like, okay, 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 okay. So they came along after that. And then when I decided to turn pro, um, like I did, I do my research with this, just like I did with my previous job, just like one should do with any career that they have. And I saw that some women never had any amateur experience at all. And then I saw that other women had a very little amount. And then I saw some, especially ones who started later, like more around when I started, who had a lot of amateur experience. So it, and, and the amount of amateur experience wasn't necessarily correlated to how well they did as a pro um, based on my research. So I was like, huh, if I'm ready, then that means I'm ready. So maybe I should be the one to make the decision. Not maybe. I'm the one who's going to make the decision when I turn pro because this is my career, right? Um, so I was like, okay, I can change my schedule to uh, work with the pro team now. We'll see how that comes along. We'll see how my martial arts progresses, how I feel. And then after that, after a couple months of doing this, um, let's see if we can get a pro fight. And um, I was very committed to having my first pro fight be with an organization um, that was well-known. There were a few reasons for that. Um, that we could talk about at another time, but I was like, okay, let's try to got, get on Bellator, Invicta, Combate, or LFA. So on my own, I tried really hard to connect with the matchmakers and that type of thing. A lot of people go the other route, right? So they play, uh, many people uh, play the local circuit for a while, um, yeah. you know, to get a few wins under their belt, that type of thing. Um, I'm not really the type of person to shy away from a challenge or bright lights. And I knew that, um, I'm also someone who looks to make this my career and I'm practical. So I know that money is a part of it. So I, you know, and especially having left my full-time career, that was somewhat lucrative, especially compared to fighting. This was a business decision. Right. right. You know what I mean? So smart. You, you're not, I mean, I was just, I just did a podcast. We were talking about, you know, it's MMA fighters have the highest number of, of graduate degrees of any other combats, any other sport. And, uh, it's nice to see, um, someone who's really, really analyzed what's, what's going on and how you can make yourself, um, successful. And it's just so, so smart and so brilliant. And I think a lot of up and coming fighters, male or female, she would do well to listen to this, to see how you took a very active role in managing the trajectory of your career. And, um, it's, it's fantastic. So I, I know, um, I, there was a, a fighter uh, here in New York and went pro way too early. And I went, 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 went into fighting too early, didn't have such a great, went pro way too early and was not so successful. And now instead of being able to make a career out of it, you know, he's probably the opponent journeyman, if anything, at, at other fights. And I, yeah. I feel sorry for him, but it's like, you know, when you don't manage things properly, 
you, you know, it's very hard to get the second or even the third chance uh, if, if things don't go well. Second chance is hard and third is even even doubly, uh, even more hard, exponentially harder. So yeah. I think you've done a great, great job. And uh, you, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, at the end of the day, the way I see it, it comes down to accountability again, right? So like, I, I can't sit around and be like, oh, my coach didn't do this for me. My manager didn't do this for me. You know, like the world doesn't owe you anything. If you want something, then there are different ways to go about it. And if you don't know how to get it, then ask the people that you trust who know about that thing. And if you don't have those people in your life, you have to go find them. No one's just going to come up to you and be like, hey, you want to be a pro fighter fighting on a good or, you know, on a good card with a great organization that's televised. Like no one's going to just give you those things. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's really important if you want something to take accountability for, you know, getting it. And you know what? I think another thing, too, about that kind of stuff that people don't realize, especially when they're early on in their career, any career, right, no matter what you decide to do, is that there's always going to be situations that try to pull you down, right? There's going to be obstacles in your way of getting to what you want. That doesn't mean that you're not going to get there. That means that there's obstacles in your way. That's all that means. <laughs> the world is not trying to tell you that you shouldn't be doing this or it's not a sign from above. It's like, listen, everybody that does something, especially if it's hard, is going to have obstacles. The people who are successful in the end are the people who don't let those obstacles stop them and they just keep going. Yeah, it can be difficult and challenges are part of what make the journey. But at the end of the day, if you want something, you just have to keep on working for it. You know, like there were times when I did get frustrated. I wasn't getting a pro debut and I was like, here I am staying ready, eating kale every night, <laughs> just in case, you know, like just in case I get the call. Um, and it didn't happen when I wanted it to, it also didn't happen the time after that or the time after that, but then it happened after that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, um, I think that's a, that's an important life lesson is that you, you know, uh, I forgot one of the Gracies said, you know, oh, you know, you, you say, I don't need martial arts because I don't fight when well, life is a fight life. Every moment of your life yeah. is a, a fight to achieve your your bliss and if you have to see it like that and the 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 persistence and the the, the obstacles in your way are the price you pay to to mold your success and i think it's mm -hmm. very similar to jujitsu you know like you're trying to pass the it guard is. you're trying to pass the guard and there's this knee and right in there well you have to get mm -hmm. it out of the way or you have to go around it you're not just nobody's going to uh -huh. just take their legs and move them to the side you know oh you right. want to su submit the arm okay nobody's going to just give their arm to you, you have to find a way around those obstacles. And, and that is a metaphor for our, 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 how we live our lives. It's, nothing comes easy. Life is a fight. And uh, I think 100%. that's also why, why people find fighting very inspiring. You know, of course, everybody finds athletes inf inspiring and things like that. But I think people have, the fighters have a certain aura because we know how close, like what, what the level of drama in, a, in an MMA match or any combat sport is way, 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 the stakes are way higher than basketball or football. Nobody is mm -hmm. dying in a football game. Nobody, mm -hmm. is, nobody is getting a concussion that could, you know, or broken orbital bone that could end their fight career forever in a, in a, in a yeah. basketball game. And that is something that could very well happen in MMA. You're stepping in there and risking life and limb, the highest level of drama, the highest level of commitment, the highest level of risk 
to to prove something internal and to to be an inspiration. And um, you know, I watched I watched uh, your, your your the the fights you posted. Um, you know, and I I actually you know you are one hell of a gutsy fighter. There is no quit in you. There's no in, and I always knew it. I always knew it. You're it's just a great inspiration. I hope people fight, you know, find find you and 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 become fans. And I really hope to see you in the UFC. And I actually know Thank I you. know you'll you'll be in the UFC. I know you will. And I just look forward to that time. You know. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you recognize that because it it is a goal of mine to put on exciting fights to showcase my skills and um, your jiu-jitsu's coming. So. Your jiu-jitsu's come a long way. Really, really thank tight, you. tight choke, tight choke. And ever if you ever come back to New York, you know, you know, you can always drop by Radical. It's uh, I would love to have you. And um, and um, uh, but please let us know. Can you tell us when the fight is and and how they can watch yes. you and things like that? Yes, absolutely. So um, my next fight is going to be on Friday, February 7th. Uh, It will be aired live on UFC Fight Pass. It's going to be at 5 p.m. Pacific, which is 7 p.m. Kansas time, which is where the fight is. But that makes it 8 p.m. Eastern time. (laughs) So that's live on the app, on the UFC app. It's with Invicta Fighting Championships. And I will be the first fight. Wonderful. So, very, nice. uh, very first thing at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Do not miss it. It's all women, um, and there is the Adam Waite title fight is the very last fight, the main event, and then the co-main event is a flyweight, potentially uh, a title contender. Or what do they call those when they the person who wins is gonna probably fight yeah. for the title next? Right, the title uh, eliminator. Eliminator, whatever. right, right. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, I will yeah. be watching 100%. And it's so, it's so great to have you on the podcast. And also just great to reconnect because we haven't really spoken since since you left New York. And I, I hope we can share the mats. Uh, I know my wife and I, um, we are planning a trip to to California. So I look forward to seeing you. Awesome. And um, yeah. they will be fantastic. And I, you, I'm your biggest fan. Maybe not your biggest fan, but one of the top five at least, okay? <laughs> <Thank> you, <laughs> I'll yeah. always be rooting for you. You're amazing. And, you know, what you said in this podcast is like great for, I think, any person or just a prospective fighter to male or female, doesn't matter, um, to see how they can make their career uh, go forward. So thank you for that wonderful, wonderful advice. And um, really welcome. best of luck to you. You don't need luck, though, because you got everything covered. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and if well, ever you want to come so back much. on. That really means a lot. Fantastic. If you ever want to come back on again after your victory, you're, you know, we'd love to have you. Sure. Yeah, I would love to. Fantastic. Happy to do, do you want to shout out to any of your sponsors or anything like that before you go? Sure. Yeah. I would like to thank Genesis Recovery. I really appreciate all their support of me. The work that they do out here in San Diego is super important and it's really awesome. And I'm so happy to represent them. I would like to thank Athlete Advantage Medical. They do some really cool stuff too. Uh, they help athletes pre-fight and probably post-fight too with their medicals. So they help find the places that you need to get all your medicals at a really cost-effective price. They're the best. Um, Thank you so much, Casa de Coronado's Cafe. It's the best breakfast in Tijuana. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you so much to my mom, Pet Portraits by Deb. She does custom pet portraits, and she also does custom portraits of any kind. Um, And thank you so much to my credit counselor. I really appreciate all your support. And last but not least, uh, Apex Dental Sleep Lab is a custom mouth guard place that takes a digital 
not picture, a digital image of your mouth and uh, makes custom mouth guards that are do not make your mouth uh, like really tired when you're, well, I almost said fighting, but doing whatever activity it is you need a mouth guard for. So it, you conserve your energy and it also protects your specific um, jaw and skull against certain uh, strikes and things like that based on the imaging that they use. So they're super high tech. They're the best. They're a sponsor of mine. And I will be wearing their mouth guard in my fight on February 7th. Fantastic. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful having you on. And I can't wait to talk to you for your victory interview. Okay. Me too. Thank you so much, Renee. Thanks. So Thanks. nice to chat with you. My pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.